Okay, did you get the shirt? What shirt? Oh, that shirt. Oh, that shirt I can't talk about. Uh, yeah, now I'm look- yeah. yeah, now I'm looking at two shirts, but I can't tell you what one of them is. I can only tell you what one is, but we'll get to that later. Hey, it's the bro show, and you made oh, it. Fantastic. I sure did. Oh, it's John, good to be here. No, 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 no. <laughs> audience it's the audience okay i was speaking to the audience you know it's rhetorical kind of a you know your imagination you're the producer too so you got to make sure i'm here all right are you here john i'm here okay that's good to know that's my brother john my name's jerry we are the bros we do the bro show we talk about four things every saturday morning you get to hear us um Wax lyrical about those four things. I can't tell you what they are right now nope. because I have to refer to my notes and I got to go get them. And, you know, oh, old, dear. John's old. We got stuff to deal with, but we're going to do the show. We're going to do the we show. We sure are. It's a holiday show to speak, so to speak. Yep. Wouldn't you say? All right. I would say, yeah, we're like, we're in the middle of a holiday season. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to get notified when we do our show, I know sometimes people go, well, how do I know when it's Saturday? Mm. If you work at home or, you know, you're retired, sometimes that gets challenging. So here's how you do it. You go to www.bro.show and it tells you all about our show and how to subscribe. And our subscriptions are very painless. Wouldn't you say, John? I would call them gentle. Ooh. <laughs> And okay. the other thing that's good about it, as you've already mentioned, they're very systematic. There's always we we, we have a, a we're rigid with respect to the frequency and when. And so when you hear when you get one of our notices, you can say, aha, it's Saturday. Then you'll know what day it is. <laughs> exactly. So this is a public service. If you think about it. That's right. Yeah. All good. I don't think there's anything much better than making your coffee. You know, in the morning or maybe a snack you're having mid-morning and and turning on the bro show. I don't recommend you drive and listen to us because our show is very distracting, very exciting. You probably figured that out already. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to see anyone have an accident. But I know some people do that. They listen to us while they're in the car. But, you know, be advised. Drive carefully. All that good stuff. Hey, John. What T-shirt are you wearing this morning? The one that I am, as most people know, not wearing is the season of the whale, the www.bro.show. And perhaps you could remind me, what kind of whale is this? That's a a juvenile sperm whale. Ah, I'll tell you what, I don't think this this has two very uh, admirable qualities. Number one... It is comfy. It is soft. It feels good. And number two, when I wear this shirt, somebody they know people notice it, and that therefore it's it's a good way of uh, as like a billboard, a walking billboard, letting people know about the show. So that's it what attracts, I like about it. Attracts ladies, in other words. Yeah. Okay. I thought about that. That's number three, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hey, by the way, what do you wear? Of the above the belt. Okay. Uh, I felt I felt a little uh, free and easy this morning, Ooh. and I made a really radical decision. I decided that, hey, you know what? 
my daughter got me this incredible long sleeve t-shirt that's so warm and cozy and I, I like to wear it under this new flannel shirt I got it's got fleece yeah. on the inside and so for the first time in seven years I'm not wearing a brochure t-shirt well, yeah, I've kind of edged a little bit in that direction, but I've always had something that is somewhat related. But, of course, I understand, you know, you need to be showing that you really care about the gifts you're getting from your daughter. And so let us know what it is. Yeah, it is uh, a dark gray green, a long sleeve T-shirt cotton. Uh, it's it's not too tight. Uh, it's. If I did it again, I'd probably get a medium, but I like this large. And actually, I I misspoke. I got something else for my daughter. I got socks. I got this shirt from my lovely wife, Mary Jane. Don't want to get that screwed up. So, is it plain or does it have something on it? Nothing on it at all. That's good. Well, that works. Hey, it, it, I, I felt like, well, it's a holiday. I want to do something a little special. So that's what I'm doing. So you're wearing the uh, Season of the Whale. That was a great season. That's a great T-shirt. That is one sure of the is. Hey, We do have a sponsor, though. We do. The Animal Legal Defense Fund. Uh, they're a 501c3. Their mission is to protect the lives and advance interest of animals through the legal system. And I think it's good to know that one of the things they're constantly working on is making sure that we make progress in getting animals to have legal rights. In other words, things such as filing lawsuits, civil suits, criminal, whatever. So uh, that's just one of their missions. They do a lot of good stuff. They're, They're out there. And most of all, they have got swag. They do have swag. They have really good T-shirts and stuff like that. Uh, we have swag, too. And, in fact, all the money from our swag goes to their coffers. Uh, if you go on Bonfire and look at our T-shirts, we have links at the bottom of the show notes to their stuff, our stuff, everybody's stuff. You can donate to the American Legal Defense, uh, the Animal Legal Defense Fund, and it's all good. You'd be smart to get one of those T-shirts and to support those animals. That's it. We have a rabbit story, though, now, don't we? Oh, we sure do. Uh, you know, we, we, we're coming down the, the, the final stretch of the bunny trail here. So mm. there's probably left a few on the wayside. But this is one that's a, a big one that we want to make sure to get in there. And it's the tale of Peter Rabbit. And, you know, as if we hear a lot about this, this tale. But do we really know the deets and how it all started? No, I don't. Uh, you know, other than hopping down the bunny trail, uh, that's, that's about, about all it. I really know. And so Peter Rabbit is actually a fictional animal character that was created by a woman, an, an English author by the name of Beatrix Potter. And this lady uh, wore a lot of hats. I mean, she mm. was not only an author, she's an illustrator. She's a land conservationist. She was a farmer. Uh, she's a scientist, a bunch of good stuff. And what happened was she uh, she lived in a, a kind of a upper middle class family and she had a governess uh, who she was a, a homeschool type. So she uh, the governess taught her. And during all this, uh, soon thereafter, the governess had a, a, a child that was constantly uh, ill, chronically ill. And mm. he just felt that what she could do to kind of ease this this uh, this kid, this son 
would be provide them with a story. So she created this story about Peter Rabbit with illustrations, and that's where it all starts. And so this story, though, you know, later on in 1903, to give it a sort of time reference, uh, was then published. And by the end of the year, it was so popular that 28,000 copies were in print. Over the years, wow. uh, that's a that's a pretty good start. And yeah, it, it it had legs because that one story, as over the years, had 40 million copies worldwide, and five more created by her, and 150 million in 35 total. languages in total. Total, yes. yeah. Wow. So, so this Peter Rabbit had a family, family of a mother oh. Oh, and okay. three sisters. And this rabbit had a certain costume or attire that it wore. It was, it's what we call anthropomorphic, which, you know, I've heard that word before and I've been, it's something that's near and dear to me. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, that's I, because I you personalize <laughs> inanimate objects. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I sure do. Buildings. This one, buildings, all that good stuff. This wonderful animal uh, comes dressed with a blue jacket, brass buttons, and shoes, but for some reason, it doesn't wear a pair of pants. Mm. And I don't know, it's very noticeable, but um, mm. so <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, nah, come it. on. You're not, you, you do have a way of informal settings at home uh, to not wear pants, you wear a sarong instead, but that's something we, we knew already. It's not what you Sometimes I perform news. in a sarong. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got oh, that woke up the audience at the time. I remember. <laughs> oh, well, let's go on. So the first the first tale of this of this wonderful rabbit is 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 one that has a a uh, some good advice, a moral to a story. But it all has to do with the fact that. Peter Rabbit, this 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 son or this kid uh, rabbit, was very adventurous. Mother said, "But one thing I don't want you to do is I don't want you to go into this gardener, this 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 farmer's garden, because your father actually went there and ended up becoming rabbit stew." Wow! <laughs> 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 so sure enough. Tell a kid not to do something. What's he going to do? He's going to do, do it. it. So do he goes it. into the ra- he goes into the uh, into the garden and chomps cup chomps away at vegetables. And sure enough, Mister McGregor, the the gardener, uh, sees him and chases him out. And the poor rabbit loses his um, his attire. And he goes home. He's weary, naked, and put to bed by his mom. And He's wearing so, fur, though. He has a fur coat on. Yeah, he has a fur coat on. Yeah. All over so, his body. So the moral of the story is, hey, listen to your mom. And particularly when your mom says you tells you not to do something, which is, well, very ill-advised. It's very dangerous. And so that's that's a good story. I guess to kind of talk a little, you know, this has got legs on so many ways, the Peter, Peter Rabbit legs. Rabbit legs. <laughs> Did he ever get why. another coat? Did he ever get another coat? You know, that's what I want to know. That I that's a good that I haven't read any of these tales, but I would imagine he has because we, we want to want to go around naked. That would we don't want this to be an X rated rabbit stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so but there's been merchandise. I mean, she was a businesswoman, the speaker exporter. She was able to created a merchandise, a stuffed animal that licensed it 
so, which is kind of the start of that kind of uh, form of business. But we find that during the years of Walt Disney had a was it said, please can I can I uh, can I have a can I create a film on Peter Rabbit? She said, no, I don't think so. But eventually, mm. at the 150th anniversary of her birth uh, in 2016. Uh, the legacy was c- continued when a actual film was made of Miss Potter, um, mm-hmm. and starring uh, nice. Renee uh, Zwellinger, Zellweger, Zellweger, excuse me, Zellweger, and there's actually postage stamps that came out. So it's all wow. good. A lot of good stuff has taken place um, as a result of that. And uh, so, what the heck? I think um, you, I think you made a good choice here with the rabbit story, John, because. Beatrix uh, Potter is is well known in the UK and over here even, and uh, she, she as you said she was a multi potentialite. She had lots of different disciplines she was expert yes. in, but there are a couple worthy of mention. Other rabbit stories we didn't get to cover, and just so people know, we are aware of them, but we just didn't have time. This was one of those animals we had more stories than we had weeks. Yep. So uh, the Velveteen Rabbit's a great story about a rabbit. If you want to read something about rabbits, Br'er Rabbit is probably one of the most famous rabbits in the south of the United States. And uh, and then there's also Watership Down, which a uh, great movie, a great book, uh, very exciting world of rabbits. So, yep, there's a lot of good so, stuff out there. Well, a lot of great rabbit stuff. We will miss you, rabbits. That's it. Yes, That's our last sure rabbit will. story. Last rabbit story. Trying not to cry. (laughs) We have a word. Hey, we do have a word. And perhaps you can, uh, uh, this is a word that you you came up with. Yeah. I think you could, why don't you give give us the lay of the land on this word? First of all, it's pronounced genre. Genre. And it's spelled G-E-N-R-E. Okay, so it's a French word, obviously. Uh, it's a class or category of artistic endeavor having a particular form, content, mm. technique, or the like. Right. Yeah, I like you this wanna, example. Yeah, well, why don't you give us an example? Give me, you got? Yeah, I'll give you an example. The Vampire for Hire book series falls into the paranormal, mystery, urban fantasy, and romance genres. Boy, I feel a two takes coming on. I sure do. And I, yeah, I think this this uh, two takes we've got is Vampire mm-hmm. for Hire, and it is a book series, book series that goes back to uh, 2009 and starting by an author, J.R. Rain. Uh, and th- th- this this is a very prolific author, and yeah. you know we tried to figure out how many of these books he's put together with. Of this series, and he's actually put, and it's a 32, 33, 34, and counting. And books are usually about 200 pages long, and yep. they're available on Amazon in the form of ebooks, printed books, audiobooks. He's gone the full route uh, with respect mm-hmm. to the, the distributing, and the genre is really kind of interesting. I think yeah. we need to put this whole uh, the, this idea of a vampire for hire before we get into the story. Talking mm-hmm. about, you know, this is a a vampire is is actually something which is goes back to, you know, the original author, probably a brand brand Stoker. Was that his name? Yeah. Bram Stoker. Director. And uh, and it's it, it starts there and it continues to go. And it's had some revival 
in uh, recent decades. So yeah. uh, as a result, we, we find that this is a little bit different spin as we take a look at this series. Uh, the genres could be uh, vampires, paranormal mysteries, urban fantasy, romance, all of these things connected. So it's not what you they call are. your mainstream vampire story. It's got a lot of bit, bits and pieces. And I would say that it's sort of a platform upon which we have these other things going on, a, a, a mystery yeah. going on. And that background deals with a main character. And that main character is Samantha Moon. And a detective, she, a private investigator. Right. And she's lived six years into her life as a vampire when we get to the first book, Moondance. And mm. so what it does is it goes through a variety of things which a person, a, a, a woman would have to go through, being a mother, uh, having children, having being a husband, a and yeah. uh, all these, these challenges. And, but add to that the fact that she is a vampire. And she has to contend with the fact that she's has some challenges with respect to being out in the light. And so mm -hmm. what she was a federal uh, agent and felt that there's a, a transferable skill would be then to become a private investigator. So she's a nighttime right. investigator. And so these cases that she has is what makes up the series of books as we see them. Uh, but yeah. there's a lot of stress, as we, we you could Ooh. imagine. As you know, the fact she is a vampire takes her toll. She doesn't know things as you know, you're supposed to live forever, but you know, knowing how that all plays out is a problem. She's got you know, the, the, the and what she does is she has ways of releasing this nervous energy, the stress that she feels. And maybe you could describe yeah. some of the things that she yeah. has. She, uh, well, first of all, she likes to jog, that's what got her into trouble in the first place. She yeah. was jogging at night and, and got attacked by another vampire and got uh, turned, as they say. And transformed so but also uh she likes to box okay because when she did her federal training uh she was really good at martial arts and boxing so she just kept that up and uh, as a vampire she goes to this boxing ring uh a workout place run by this yeah. old irish guy and uh who's also a fighter uh, ex-fighter from ireland and uh, she she uh, be befriends him, and they become buddies. And and he helps her work out, make sure she keeps her hands up when she fights, and you know all that kind of stuff. So it's it's very interesting because you got to remember all the things you you know about vampires are true about Samantha. She can't see herself in a mirror. Silver is a problem. Uh, she uh, has super strength, super speed, all that stuff. Uh, you know, all things you'd imagine. Now, you think, oh, well, that's just normal vampire stuff. It's not normal when you've got two kids, right? Right. And you got to pick them up from school. It's not normal when you can't work your job anymore because you can't be, you can't really do things in the sunlight. Not, not effectively. She wears like a ton of sunscreen and she still, you know, almost, you know, fries herself walking from the car to the inside of her house. So she's got a lot of a lot of challenges, as you said, John. Yep. So you, I'd say part of every book deals with her vampirism and the challenges she's dealing with in her family. And the other half are cases she's working. And as time goes on, I've read a lot of these books now. As time goes on, the cases get more and more weird because she gets a reputation for solving difficult and weird cases. And she makes friends in law enforcement. 
a couple of whom know she's a vampire. And, you know, right. she's just figuring it out, John. By the time we run into her, she's still figuring out what her powers are, how to deal with situations. It's not an easy transition to make. And she had no help whatsoever. The vampire that turned her uh, got killed by a vampire hunter within days wow. of turning her. So he didn't come back around. He didn't circle back around and go, oh, by the way, here's the book you need to read or anything like that. Or here's a YouTube video for you to watch. No, she, she was just, not, she's on her own. Yeah. The thing I, uh, you know, it's, we learned the first book is when she's been a vampire for six years, but that doesn't mean that there isn't another series of books, which you can go back and that they're, they'll give you a, fill out that story and allow you to learn a little bit more because i was oh, yeah. reading that there's an order of the books and one of the things they point out is well, look you want to go backwards you can go the prequel route and read a series of books mm. that talk about that or you can go forward with four cases that she has so i thought that was kind of interesting that is um, interesting i didn't know that okay cool yeah there's i that's there's a big deal if you read about it on the internet with about the the fact that if uh, the order in which you read the books, well, you think, well, of course, well, you know, do it in the order that came out. But there is a little side trails you can take. In addition to the fact that when the the author, which you'll talk a little bit about, is is very prolific, and Ooh. the the author has written, um, you know, little uh, novel novelettes or whatever you want to call them, novellas, uh, explanations, yeah. papers. A lot of different things about this, in addition to having other series. And, oh yeah. And, uh, and, and, how many actually, books? How many books has has he written? Well, you know, if it's just the specific novel, you would say 110, but probably well more than twice of that uh, is with published works in various forms. So right. that's the other thing to think. But the but the the author is is always been a person who wants to make things, do things. Uh, as a as a kid, he was involved in in a in a in a, in a game or a, 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 a which you what you would do is you would make make your own mystery which it basically gave you a course by which you could make decisions and write your own stories so it was kind of a platform he learned very very young and by and sure enough by the time he reaches the age of 10 uh, he's 12 he has actually written a book his own book wow without that wow. that device and has seven by by 16. But really, it comes on board. He comes on board with respect to becoming this as a trade uh, in 2009 with his first book, uh, Moondance. And wow. you, you can take a look on Amazon. This is a book. These his series of books have gotten very good reviews. Uh, yeah, they they're very popular, and he's been he's been very successful. And that's uh, you know it, it's been very important. You can listen. You can read some of the critic stuff uh, as it goes. But I think. One of the questions I have, and perhaps you can answer, is how does this thing continue to have legs, and why, in within its niche, do you feel that it's maybe become so popular? Um, yeah, I do. I, of all the vampire books I've read, <clears throat> I enjoyed this, this series the most because it's, you know, I used to like to read Mickey Spillane. Yeah. My camera. Yeah. Uh, and I enjoyed him going on talk shows and stuff like that. So, I would say Samantha Moon is a lot like one of those detectives. She's a smart ass. She's she gets herself in trouble all the time with her mouth. You know, uh, she's hard boiled like those characters. Uh, I read, I think, about 10 of these books before I realized the author was male. 
Yeah, because the main character is female and, and the character is written so convincingly. <clears throat> so I was a little surprised to hear that. And also that's because J.R. Rain makes uh, a considerable effort not to disclose his gender. Right. So uh, and because he he thought he would get more sales if people thought perhaps it was a, a female writing a book. And I just assumed it. And I think most people do when they read these books. So the the author's really really popular from from that standpoint, but I think what really makes these these books go is um, Samantha has to keep learning about what it is to be a vampire, and not all vampires are created equal. Um, there's a dark entity within every vampire that they have to fight in order to keep their humanity, and she's fighting the fight that we're all fighting. You know, we're all facing challenges during our lives that that force us to make a choice what kind of human are we going to be right happens all the time so this is the human condition exaggerated through vampirism and you know she she goes all kinds of places with this story and gets all kinds of cases develops good relationships with people Uh, people like her and want to work with her in spite of her condition uh, you know, law enforcement people, a few just here and there know who she is and what she is and know how effective she is at, at getting the bad guys. And she could have become a, va- a bad guy or a bad girl herself, but decided right. not to. So I think these are the compelling things about this. People say, oh, well, with a series of books, you got to go through the recap every time. Well, I think the author handles that pretty well. And they have story arcs. Every three or four or five books, there's a new arc that takes place. And so right. you think, oh, vampire, we're going to hear about no sunlight, no this, no that. No, 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 no. Don't assume. Don't assume. There are things that vampires can do to ameliorate some of these things. I will not say what they are. True. But you have to this, read so this, the books this, to this, find out. So this main character in the book uh, is constantly developing in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah. including their ability to, to, to be challenged and get through the challenges of being a vampire. I also think one of the points you've, you brought out to me was uh, it, it's very plausible because of, you only really have to go with one belief here. It isn't like you have to stretch your imagination in a variety of ways to live with this, this series of books. No. And I think that, very believable. That's, yeah. Because it's it, it it stays with the the one premise you need to understand is the vampire yeah. premise, and it mm-hmm. brings a, a sort of a, it brings it within the everyday life of an individual. So it it, it plays out a, a fairly realistic uh, under the circumstance yeah. of that one premise, and I think that that's that's very very important. Um, it, it, it's, it's funny too. Funny. Oh, this character is so funny. You know, like there's. One of the, the side effects of being a vampire is you can you can only drink blood or water or white right. wine. Ooh. So if anything else gets into your digestive system, you immediately hurl. <laughs> <laughs> so she makes this this becomes kind of funny and you know, her coping mechanism is sarcasm, you know. Yeah. So she you read you read a sample of one of the books that you you got a, a dose of her humor. It's it's laugh out loud funny sometimes. I mean, it is it, it yeah. is pretty good. And I think the sentence structure, it's it's short, crisp sentences oh, yeah. where the, this this is a kind of series where 
number one, I think once you, 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 you get into it, you feel the flow of, of the, the way the stories are told and it allows you to move through them fairly quickly. And, you know, you're very anxious to, to, to the first thing is the books have cliffhangers at the end, which, you know, within the arc. So as yep. a result, you're, you, you have the motivation to continue on to the oh, next yeah. one. And, oh, uh, yeah. and you, you feel comfortable with the style. As a result, you can move through these and read them fairly quickly. So yeah, go on it. Amazon. If, if you want to find them, go on Amazon. Uh, you can buy them in bundles, save money. Uh, they're not expensive books. So, yeah, I think you'll like them. That's it. We got to do our okay. groaners because we're running long. So I got two groaners. Uh, our groaners are provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr. And here's the first one. What do you call an investment scam engineered by Henry Winkler? What do you call an investment scam engineered by Henry Winkler? A Fonzie scheme. Oh man, you nailed that one. I nailed hey, it. This is a this is a kind of a uh, an oldie but goodie one you've probably heard before. But since we're talking about vampires, I had to had to bring it back again. And what it is is what is a vampire's favorite beer? What is a vampire's favorite beer? Well, I'm at to pass on that. Bloodweiser. Oh, that's good. That's good. Corny, but good. All yeah. Right. Okay, here we go. One out of two. Good Nettie leak. Out of here.